She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. The title of this episode is The Cornerstone of Spirituality and Physical Health. In this episode, we are speaking with Sarah DeRidge, who is a health and wellness coach at Horizon Wellness Co. Sarah's focus is helping women reconnect with their passion and purpose so that they can have space and the ability to be truly healthy. Aside from being a health coach, health and wellness coach, she also has a degree in social work and a master's in administration and is additionally trained in holistic nutrition. Sarah, oh, it's such an honor to have you on. I'm so excited to have you on Not Your Mama's podcast today. And before we dive into today's topic, can you give the audience a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So um, essentially, I very much lived a life of should. I had the perfect corporate career that I should have um, and the perfect marriage that I should have. And I had the baby that I should have. uh, And then it all fell apart. And my body just couldn't keep up with my shoulds. So I had to go back to the drawing board and figure out what was going on with my body and how do I fix it and what was the root cause. Um, and it, it wasn't my marriage, loved my husband, wasn't my baby. I'll, you know, even though I had terrible postpartum anxiety and depression, like I love that little booger. Um, and I realized like I wasn't living in a way that was authentic with what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. And that caused a cascade of stress and anxiety and physical breakdown. Um, if you let that go on for long enough. For enough years, you're really going to start to see it in your your lab work and your diagnoses, and that's what happened to me. Oh wow! I know I got chills when you were saying I should have. You know, we have these things in in place and these timelines and these deadlines of what we should be doing with our lives. So that really brought chills to me when you said that word "should." So you know, spirituality. Talking about that. Mm-hmm as the cornerstone of physical health, how do you define that? And how can we reconnect with ourselves um, to live the purposeful life and a life of authenticity? Sure. So as I mentioned, like I was having a lot of my own health issues and going back to that word should, I did everything I should. I was on like all of the right buzzy diets and I was doing um, like all of the exercises and, and the yoga and the weight training and like everything I was supposed to. And I couldn't make anything stick. I felt so stuck. And then I felt so ashamed because I, I, I felt like it was a lack of willpower or it was just me or if I had really wanted it or if I really deserved it, then I would make it happen. And I just couldn't. Um, that's when I took a step back and I was like, well, what is going on here that even if I have like the perfect health plan, I can't integrate it into my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, you know, I really started peeling the onion back and I realized that I was spending all of my time and all of my energy 
on stuff that didn't return anything to me. So I was spending it working like 10 hours a day at my corporate job when my goal in life has always been to help people. Well, I wasn't doing anything that kind of filled that passion or that purpose. And because I was so busy working in this corporate career, I wasn't taking any time to connect with people or to like kind of fill my cup with things that bring me joy. Mm -hmm. So I define spirituality as how do you connect with yourself? Like that, that inner soul connection. Um, and how do you connect with the world? And I wasn't doing either. There's zero connection happening there. So I was so out of balance and so miserable. And I've lived that way for so long that I didn't even realize it. So when I took a step back and I was like, well, well, what's, what's going on here? What do I want to do? And like, I would have like therapists be like, well, tell me about your friends. And I'm like, what? friends, what? You're like, this uh, is about me. <laughs> I, I don't know if, I don't know if I mentioned my to-do list. There's, there's no time for friends. Well, what do you do for fun? Uh, no, there's no time for fun. Well, tell me how you play. I don't even understand adults play. Like I don't, what? Um, so like, there's like this whole world of like joy and connection that I, I did not even comprehend at my lowest because I was so disconnected from it. So I, what I found is that when we're so miserable, it doesn't matter if I give you the perfect eating plan or the perfect exercise plan, or we have like sleep hygiene on point because you're miserable and you're stressed and you're unhappy and there is no space for, for healing or health or, or light. Cause you're, you're so stuck and alone and kind of living on that. Well, this is just what I need to do. So I'm just going to do it. So what was like the turning point for you in terms of realizing what you did want, you know, following your own intuition and changing mm -hmm. your lifestyle around? Um, how did you know, like, did you sit with yourself and realize that you wanted to be a helper and a teacher in the world? Like, how were you able to come up with what you truly wanted to do in this life and change it around? So unfortunately I'm a bit stubborn. Um, so I'd like to say that after like some deep meditation, it came to me that this was not what I needed to be doing. Uh, it didn't. Nope. I, I let it ride until I physically couldn't work. I had to take a leave of absence because my body was just shutting down and, uh, my slew of healthcare providers are like, yeah, we can tell you're not okay, but we don't really know why. Um, and it wasn't until I actually took a step back from my corporate job that I had the space to rest and to admit to myself that I hated it. I hated it. It wasn't what I was meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then once I had that realization, like things started to fall into place about like, okay, well, if this isn't it, can I give myself permission to admit that this isn't it? And then once I've given myself permission, well, then what's next? Yeah. Yeah. And though it's, it's letting ourselves have permission to accept the failures, have permission to accept the wins. And I think that's really hard for people to do that. How did you, you know, how did you come with the acceptance of giving yourself permission? If someone's having a hard time doing that, what, what advice do you have for them? 
honestly, this is where I think becoming a mom saved me because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when I make really hard growth decisions or like I really tackle my shadows or like I want to break out of like generational trauma or any of those things, it's not that I necessarily do it for me. It's that I do it to create a better life and a better example for my son. And I have found that where I may not be able to motivate for myself, when I use my son as inspiration, all of a sudden I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing how those little people can totally transform Mm -hmm. our lives and, you know, shift the directions that we're going and make us like more responsible, maybe more driven, whatever it is for every person's uh, different. But, but yeah, those little people, man, those people we create, they, they really have a hold on our hearts and they can really make or break, you know, how we move forward in the life. So, you know, talking about shadows, how can like our shadows when they show up, Mm -hmm. like, in our health and wellness, like how do we recognize our shadows showing up in that? Sure. So I work a lot on self-sabotage and the idea of self-sabotage. Um, and honestly, the the breakdown to that is self-sabotage, in my opinion, is not a real thing. It is your brain protecting you from a shadow. Mm-hmm. So for an example, let's say that you grew up in a stressful home environment. And one day your parents were fighting, but your aunt handed you a cupcake. And in that moment, you felt better. Well, what your brain has learned is I feel stressed. I feel unsafe. I ate a cupcake. I feel better. So fast forward 30 years later, you're trying to perhaps lose weight or like manage um, a chronic condition. You have issues with sugar and you set a goal for yourself. Well, I'm not eating sugar anymore. I'm not eating sweets anymore. And that is totally sensible and your brain should be hundred percent behind it. No problem. But because of that shadow, what happens, um, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this is you got stressed out. Your boss was maybe a little rude. You had a fight with your partner, you know, your, your kid is sick, something goes on and that stress trigger gets hit. Well, to your brain, it only knows one way of handling things. You're stressed. You don't feel completely safe. So we eat a cupcake. And that shadow comes into play often completely, like really outside of our awareness that, well, when I was little, I felt stressed out. This is how I dealt with it. And so now my brain is trying to help me out and keep me safe by doing the same thing because our brains are very interesting things they they will do anything they possibly can to keep us safe but they are also very um in the moment and short-sighted so all your brain cares about is keeping you safe right now it does not care what that cupcake does to your health tomorrow so what i do and the work that i do with my clients is um, I don't, I don't go back, back to when you were, you're five and, and your parents were yelling because that's really the job of a therapist. What I do is I help you become aware of the blocks and the shadows. And then we pick out your values that are stronger. So in that situation, let's say like, well, I 
I want the cupcake, I'm stressed out, but I'm pre-diabetic. And my value is to be here for my kids and to model good behaviors and be able to play with them. And like, I wanna be here playing with my great grandchildren when I'm 95. That's my deep value in my heart. That's everything that I care about. So then we kind of flip the script. So when your brain is saying, no, we're stressed out, we're not okay, we need the cupcake. Then we tell the brain like, hey, remember our very deep value of being here for our children? Like, and you kind of feel that that warmth in your in your stomach and in your soul, and you're you're saying, oh, yes, yes, that's that's it. And then you remind your brain, like, we can't have both. So can we can we rewire? Can we put down the cupcake? Maybe choose taking a walk or like dancing to some music um, or something else that would be appropriate to handle the stress, so that we can keep going after this value of I want to be here for my great grandchildren when I'm 95. Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. This podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for the support of you, my wonderful community. To support your mama's podcast, please click the support link right down below and you can donate just as little as 99 cents. Also, follow me in the Shop Like to Know It app where you can follow me with all my exclusive content all the way from baby products I love, fashion and style and everything in between. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Um, I was working with a health, um, like a life type of coach person. And one thing I think is also a great idea is if you're having these urges, you know, you write down your vision, like what is your vision Mm -hmm. for your life? How do you see it be really descriptive? And like, if you're having these, you know, you want to have a drink or you want to have a smoke or you want to have that cupcake, whatever your vice is, you pull out your vision and you just start reading it you know, and put your focus on the vision that you want. And the vision is to be 95 with your great grandchildren, you know, have that in your vision, like what it, you know, what your old age is going to look like and who is going to be surrounding you. You know, I think that that's also a really good way to kind of get your mind off of it. Just like take out your little thing, have it like in your phone, in your notes or something like that. So you can just look at it and remind yourself of mm-hmm. why this is important to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Because when we really deeply feel it, when it's something that we have like a whole mind-body connection, like, yes, this is my passion, my purpose, then the brain is much more agreeable to say like, okay, I'll give you a little leeway. I'm, I'm willing to let you try to convince me that there's another way to deal with stress. Let's, let's check this out. And then the other thing that I really work with my clients on, especially, um, well, because I work with all females, is that females are cyclical. We we work in cycles. And, you know, there are days where your best is going to be superhuman. And that's like, you have the energy for it, you have the focus for it, you have the drive, and it's amazing. And there are going to be days where that is not the case, um, often uh, around your period, because we, we cycle every month, we cycle every day. Um, and we, we need to be aware of that and accept that and honor that because especially as moms, we set unbelievably high standards for ourselves, um, crazy standards that had, I don't even know we would set for other people, but for ourselves, they seem like this is what we need to do mm-hmm. or we're failing. 
And so sometimes just accepting that like today's best is, is 25% of my normal energy and that is okay. Yeah. And, and kind of working in, in that acceptance of like, I'm always going to do my best, but today we'll see what that best is so that we're not like bringing in a bunch of shame and you should, and you need to, and like, what you bought the cupcakes for the PTA from the store. (gasps) No, yeah, no, it's okay. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, no, you're so true. We work in cycles and I do sometimes beat myself up like some days or some weeks or months. I'm like on my game. I'm working out. I'm doing what I can for myself. Like I'm feeling energized, having fun with the kids. And then there's other days where I'm just like, not at my best. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. a little bit more lethargic or whatever. And we also need to realize it's so true because we, we do run in cycles. So it's like, just might be my time to like the rest up so I can become that superwoman again. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, as mothers, like, you know, we tend to put our healing last, how can we have healthy mamas, you know, be the cornerstones of their family for a thriving family? Sure. So the, the example that I like to use the best is anyone who's ever gone on an airplane knows you have to put on your air mask first. You have to, you have to put on your oxygen first. Why? Because if you give it to your child or your partner first, you will be passed out by the time you can get to yourself. And we, we all listen to the spiel before the flight starts. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. I get it. Put it on first. No problem. But when we come to like take that idea and apply it to our lives as a whole, then the mom guilt and the selfishness uh, rears its head really quickly. Mm-hmm. And we look at our to-do list and we're like, well, yes, I do want to go my closet and cry. This is true. But uh, Susie has homework and like my, my partner needs this. And what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And you know, did I pay the water bill? And so it's very easy to say like, well, I cannot take time for myself because all of these other things must get done first. Um, And when we do take time for ourselves, sometimes it's not even feeling very rewarding because of the guilt and the shame that gets attached to it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I, I took a nap that I desperately needed because the baby's not sleeping and I, I haven't had a full night of sleep and I don't know, when did I get pregnant? Probably then that's the last time. I <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then you wake up and you see a full sink of dishes and you're like, Oh, I was so selfish for taking that nap because now there's no queen forks and I don't know what we're doing for dinner. So my suggestion for that is to when that voice comes up of saying, you should not have done this. This was selfish. You should feel guilty. This was bad. You're not doing enough. Um, often that voice, it's inside of our heads, but it's it's separate. Like we're listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I tell people to imagine that voice, like everything that it says. Now imagine saying that to your best friend or your sister or your mom. And most of them was like, well, I would never say that. That's so mean. Like that's, that's so mean. And they needed that nap, but, but then didn't you too? Yeah. And kind of help people realize that like that, that voice of, of shame and perfectionism is just a voice and it doesn't make it true. 
Mm. And if you wouldn't say it to someone else, why do you deserve to hear it? Yeah. No, no, it's a great reminder. We we can always just be so hard on ourselves. We're like our own worst enemies. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a perfect example of that. It's like, I'm so tired, but I can't go to sleep because there are dishes in the sink. I need to get things done. And I feel guilty. So it's like, right when I lay my head down, it's like, I can't do it. I have to go and do these things, but it's okay to take a break. And I've been really trying to work on that myself. Like, it's okay. Like, these things are not important and it's going to get done eventually, you know, just mm-hmm. clean a fork real quick and use it, you know, like mm-hmm. you have to think of alternatives and just realize like, just take a breath. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I it's, I think that's really hard. What you were talking about, trying to change the mindset of like, it's okay to rest, you know, you don't have mm-hmm. to get all of the house chores like immediately, you know? Yes. And I, one of my favorite questions for my clients when they're kind of feeling that like, well, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not working enough. Why? Why do you feel that way? And then usually like we go back to some sort of shadow of like, well, if I'm not doing it perfect, then I, I won't be loved. Or if I'm not doing it this, well, then I, I won't get what I need or when I grew up my mom did everything like my mom never sat down I was like is that the life that you want yeah uh no actually I don't I don't want that at all I never thought about it okay so so (laughs) when we discover why the thoughts are popping up it it leads us back to that like is this true how I'm feeling is this true is it rooted in my values and then we can kind of start to work around it. Totally. Um, no, that's all just really great advice, um, Sarah. And um, kind of moving on, I would love to hear your answers to my four questions that I have. And my first one to you is who and what inspires you? Honestly, I inspire me. I love it. I have overcome so much. I have so much trauma and I'm neurodivergent and like got a lot of crap in my history um but I don't quit so I inspire me that's good I think that's a great answer we should inspire ourselves honestly you know that's very important um and so my second question to you is what is something you wished you knew when you were younger I wish I knew that people's opinions of you um, are usually 99% of the time not based on you at all. And they are based on their own experiences, issues, shadows, wants, and needs. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Something that I wished I knew when I was younger too. Um, my third question is, what's the essential part of your daily routine? The essential part of my daily routine is taking a moment to check in with myself and ask me what I need. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's going to be breath work or meditation or a nap or journaling. Um, I don't like to get caught up in having like the same self-care routine because then it feels like a chore on my to-do list rather than mm-hmm. like an authentic reflection of what I'm actually feeling that day. Mm-hmm. But I just like to talk to myself, like see what's going on in there. Perfect. And then my fourth question to you is the best advice you've ever received. The best advice I have ever received 
is to not worry about the shoulds. That is great. The only thing that I try to mirror my voice around now and my, my work around is just, do I think that this meets my purpose of, of helping people? No, I love that. Um, I love like coming from your true authentic self and living a purposeful life. That's like what we're here to do is to find our purpose and live a purposeful life. So do you have any last words for our audience today before we say goodbye? No, um, other than if you find that you are feeling stuck and that you have all these health goals or life goals, wellness goals, and you just can't make them fit into your life, Mm -hmm. uh, I suggest taking a step back and looking at not how do I make my capacity bigger because can't, it's what is in my life that I don't need that I can let go of to focus on what I actually care about. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. All of Sarah's information is down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go over there and say hi. And I hope to see you all in the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one.